0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Your Mom's Podcast. My name is Luna, um, and today there are several things I want to talk about, including something that happened to me recently, and I kind of want to spread a little bit of awareness about it because uh, apparently it's a common issue, a health issue, one that sends people to the emergency room unnecessarily. Uh, And so I just kind of want to discuss it. I'm not a doctor, uh, but this was coming from an ER doctor who is also Involved in sports medicine, and he's been an ER doc for 25 years, and uh, he's legit. So let me just start with that then. So what happened is um, I have high blood pressure. Uh, It runs in my family, and um, I've had high blood pressure for about, oh, man, going on— 15 almost 15 years so and you know a lot of times like I weigh more than I did when I was younger I'll admit that and then having a baby kind of added a little bit to that but even when I was really tiny I still my blood pressure was high it's just a thing in my family like I said um but I had been on medication that was working perfect when I got pregnant I had to switch to one that was safe obviously for pregnant women and for babies uh mostly for the baby uh, so I was taking that and I had issues right before I had my son. Uh, my pregnancy was not bad. Uh, it was pretty easy after the morning sickness went away. Um, I was taking the blood pressure medication. it was keeping everything under control. And then uh, the last week it went sky high and I had severe swelling in my feet and my legs. Um, it was pretty miserable. So they wanted to induce me. Did all that stuff at the hospital, took actually several weeks for my blood pressure to go down. And, you know, it's just been kind of a struggle. Uh, Finally did go down, the swelling went down, and I've been good since then. I even stopped taking the medication for a little bit because I noticed after several days of not taking it, my blood pressure remained the same. It was still really great. Um, I had a really bad headache a couple days ago, really bad, one of the worst I've ever had Uh, And trying to take care of a baby when you feel like that is pretty damn miserable. So I powered through. I took Tylenol. Uh, I was told that, you know, ibuprofen can raise your blood pressure. I'll get back to that, too, because apparently it's not significant enough to make yourself suffer. Because to be honest, and I know this is true for a lot of people. Tylenol is really great at reducing fevers. But for pain, it just does nothing for me. I mean, it took the edge off a little bit. But... I needed the pain gone, like instantly. It did not do much for that. Uh, so anyway, was concerned, tried to get in touch with my doctor, unsuccessful. I tried, you know, to get in touch with two doctors, actually. I couldn't get an answer because I really didn't want to go to the hospital if I didn't have to, you know, nobody wants to do that. So I, uh. Managed to reach one of the nurses that works with my doctor and she said, you know, because of your history it'd Probably be a good idea to go get it checked out because when I had the bad headache My blood pressure was really high and I ended up taking a double dose of my medication That was the only time I, my doctor actually contacted me was to tell me to take a second dose It did nothing. So I was a little concerned uh, because the headache was bad. I was having really bad anxiety not feeling good at all feeling pretty foggy and uh, tired so Yesterday I decided, okay, I'm going to go get this checked out, make sure everything's all right, because I'm more uh, concerned about my health now that I have a son because I want to be around for a while, right? So I go to the ER, they check me in, and uh, my blood pressure was actually lower. It was like 133 over 90. It's supposed to be about 120 over 80, 120 over 70. It was actually lower there than it was at home. And the nurse jokes, she's like, we fixed you. Obviously not, but uh, so they had me wait for a little bit. They checked my heart. They did an EKG, make sure everything's functioning all right. Uh, they did blood work, and, you know, when I went back to see the doctor, it had gone back up again, and that's probably, too, because I get nervous. Uh, but then he comes in, and before he explained to me that my blood work was okay and my EKG was fine, which I would have liked to know right off the bat, he Starts asking questions, you know, is anyone at home sick? Have you had any stress? Which, of course, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, full-time job. It's, it's a little difficult, worth it, but it's a little stressful at times. Uh, but, you know, nothing out of the ordinary for me, you know. I'm getting the swing of, getting into the swing of things now. So he was like, well, you know, this blood pressure, by the way, it had gone up to like 169 over 118. So that was concerning to me. That was really, you know. It's scary. It had only been for a couple days, but I didn't see any improvement with the medication. So, you know, I was a little worried. And he asked me, he said, so is this a a high blood pressure for you? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, I'm usually 120-ish over 70-something, right? And he goes, how long do you think you would have to have this blood pressure, you know, have it this high uh, for it to cause, you know, damage, like internal to your organs, things like that? My answer was maybe a few weeks. And it's not even a few weeks or months or even years. He said that your blood pressure would have to be significantly high for decades uh, to cause any serious damage. Like I was shocked. I was, he said he has seen people uh, and every shift that he's had, he's had people come in with a blood pressure like mine that were super scared. uh, And he reassured them and let them know that he has seen like some seriously high blood pressure. I think he said he actually saw something close to 300 over 180 or something like that. I I could be wrong, but it was like ridiculous to where you would be worried that you were going to have a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, And if you look online, if you Google it, it says if your blood pressure is like 180 over 120, that you need to go to the hospital immediately. So of course mine was getting up there. And so I got really, really upset and worried. Um, And he kind of, he made me feel a lot better. And then he said, uh, it says that you've been having anxiety. He said, I don't think that the blood pressure is what gave you the headache. He said, I think that your headache, actually the pain, because pain and anxiety raise your blood pressure. He goes, I think that I had started a new medication about a week ago um, for depression. He said that that's probably what uh, gave me the headaches because it's a common side effect with the one I'm taking. Uh, it probably gave me a headache, which in turn raised my blood pressure. Uh, and then I checked it, it was going up. I got anxious from that, which made it go up even more. So, you know, definitely not a good idea to check your blood pressure when you're in pain and you're having anxiety because it's going to be high. Right. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, it, it made, it made sense. And I was like, okay, okay, that totally, I get it now. Uh, and I left there not worried that I was about to have a stroke or something. So everything's okay. Uh, I follow up with my doctor next week. So I just wanted to let people know that it, I'm not giving out medical advice by any means, right? I'm just telling you what I was told. Uh, always check with your doctor. Of course, they may tell you something different and that's fine, but just to kind of reassure you again, if you, you know, if you have high blood pressure though, and you start having, like he told me, if you have chest pain, um, and like an extreme headache, like what you could describe as the worst headache of your life, any vision changes, dizziness, um, and you having trouble breathing, obviously, you know, if it's that bad, call nine one one, but go to the hospital. I don't advise to drive yourself. I drove myself because I literally am like I could walk to the hospital from here, so, um, and it wasn't that bad, but anyway, like I said, always check with your doctor, but that's what happened to me. I felt way way better after speaking with him and I will follow up with my doctor next week and uh you know headache's still there but it's it's dull now it's tolerable and I think that and the anxiety is not so bad because I'm not worried right so anyway that was my experience the last couple days just wanted to share that Uh, I don't know if that going to help any of you but you know blood pressure can be a scary thing so definitely take care of yourself drink lots of water which I am bad at but I made a deal with my husband Monday we start some better living both of us with food and uh, exercise <laughs> I'm not a big fan but you know what we both want to be around for a long time since we decided to have a kid in our 40s right so we're we uh, are definitely—I don't want to say at a disadvantage because we're older, but clearly we—we we are. We're we're older than some parents. There are some older than us, but we just we want to be here for him for as long as possible. I'd love to live to be well over even a hundred, as long as I'm okay, right? I don't want to—you know—you want to be in a bed having someone taking care of you, but if you're able to take care of yourself, move around okay. Your mind is still there. It'd be great, right? Um, The other things that I kind of wanted to talk about, a lot going on. uh, So relationships, right? I want to talk about relationships after you have a baby. Um, So when you're pregnant, you know, a lot of times your hormones, obviously they're fluctuating. Some women want to have sex more when they're pregnant. Some don't want to be touched at all. I was somewhere in between. But in the late later months, you know, my last trimester, I really was kind of like, oh, just because I felt gross. I was tired. It's the last thing on my mind. Um, but then after the baby comes, it really there's a decline. And this may not be for everyone. This is my personal experience and and the experience that some people have shared with me. Uh, I, I knew that it would happen because not just the sex drive, like if you have postpartum depression like I do, um, obviously that's going to kill some of your sex drive. Uh, but also, you know, your how you feel about your body, uh, trying to feel like yourself again, it kind of kills it. And then what will completely kill it sometimes is the lack of, you know, you don't have any time to yourself, really. You don't have a lot of time for you and your partner, whether, I mean, you have one kid, two kids, three kids, even just one kid. I don't know how people with multiple children make time for it. I guess they just like... Lock themselves in a the closet for two minutes and try to get it done, but uh, so we have to we have to really actually plan it out. Which, you know, I'm not gonna say it makes it bad. I, I used to think that people that scheduled sex I thought was like it's so like boring and mechanical and just like, but you know what? It uh, it kind of it makes sense. It does make sense because it's really hard to be spontaneous. Um, I mean, occasionally. We have been, but you just kind of plan it out. Like put your baby in the bouncy chair. Uh, yeah, like, because the thing is with my son, he takes contact naps, right? So he sleeps on us when he takes naps. Uh, sometimes I'm able to put him down. He is not a baby that sleeps in a crib, right? He has a floor bed, like I, I mentioned previously. Um, and I do sleep in his room with him, right? So it's kind of hard for me to sneak away because right now, especially with all the teething, he's very clingy. He knows when I move away from him and he will cry. And it's just like, it, that kind of kills it too, right? You hear a baby crying in the background. So we just have to make time for it. Um, other relationships, like your friendships, uh, and, and then with other people in your family, your parents, your whoever you're close to, siblings, cousins. I, I imagine a lot of times, I know for me, Uh, I don't know. I feel bad because my mom has contributed so much. Uh, she's helped out a lot, even though she's done, she's far away. She's, uh, she's taken care of us. She's bought so much for, for Jackson and, um, just really helped out a lot. So, you know, I feel bad that I don't talk to her as much as I want to, but I'll tell you what, after, you know, taking care of him all day. Trying to do stuff around the house, trying to make time for my husband, uh, trying to just find a minute for myself to take a shower. The last thing I want to do is talk on the phone. Uh, and she's like, well, just text me. But sometimes even then I'm like, ugh, I just don't even want to look at my phone, right? I just want to, like, put it away and, like, run out screaming from it or something, but... Uh, I am I really need to work on that. I think it's very important to maintain these relationships because if you, not only for yourself, because you're always going to need someone to lean on these people that care about you too, they want to be there for you and they might need you uh, when they have problems or just need someone to talk to. And then, you know, if you want someone to watch the baby or just to care, right? Like you're having a bad day and nobody's around, you're going to feel pretty lonely, it's really important to maintain relationships, uh, with family and friends. And like I said, maintain that relationship with your partner because, uh, I, I know my husband would never, I know he wouldn't cheat on me. Like, I know people say that, but for real, like he doesn't even have the time and he definitely doesn't want to deal with more than one woman. I know I drive him crazy enough. Uh, but I don't, you know, you don't want your, you don't want them feeling lonely. Right. And I know that he does and he, he misses me and I do miss him. And it's just, I need to make a bigger effort to try to carve out some time and make it work, right? Um, the other thing that kind of impacts that, like I said, is your your body image after you have the baby. Uh, I was already a little unhappy with my body, my own fault, because I could have been working out. Didn't do much of that. Um, even walking is a good thing, right? Just getting out, getting some fresh air, getting your heart pumping, doing a little bit of walking every day, 30 minutes, you know, to be honest, everybody has time for that. I do too, but I just kind of, I make excuses, right? Like a lot of us do. Um. So when I got pregnant, I had, I had not lost any, I, preg- <laughs> sorry, I'm tripping over my words. I meant to lose some weight before I got pregnant and that didn't happen. So then I was like, great, I can't lose weight now. You can't diet when you're pregnant. So uh, I didn't actually gain a whole lot. So that's good. I I lost what I gained, uh, but I want to lose more. And so I had a C-section too. So that kind of, you're you're a little sensitive about your body after that. That's a big change. So that kind of makes it hard to want you to have, so you don't really want anyone touching you, even if you do, but you're just like, oh, right. You don't, you feel like they're not going to be attracted to you, uh, that they're only going to see your flaws And I know that that's not true with my husband, but it's on my mind. So, of course, I'm thinking that for him it's even, like, worse, right? Like, he's going to see everything and be like, "Oh." But that's not the case. If anything, he pays more attention to me now than ever. So, uh, I also read this thing, too, about overtouching, an issue of overtouching that women experience when they have a baby. It's hard for them to want anyone else to touch them Because all day long, you have a baby clinging to you, climbing all over you. You have to pick them up constantly. So you're overstimulated in that way, right? And you just, you want space. You want to shake that off and get a little bit of like personal space. So then when someone else is touching you, you're just like, oh, it's too much. And I did notice that. I didn't know that that was actually a thing, but it is. So just give yourself, you know, a break if you feel this way. There's reasons for it, whether it's hormonal uh, how you feel about your body, being touched so much by the baby that you just are like, I can't stand anyone else touching me. That's that's all normal. So don't feel bad about that. Uh, and if you feel like it's an issue, discuss it with your partner and let them know, hey, this isn't you either. Don't take it personally, but this is what's happening. And then it'll give them a better understanding of what's going on. I think uh, communication is very important. Um, I'm trying to get better at communicating because... You know, just as much as I'm not a mind reader, my husband is definitely not a mind reader, right? So we have to always be very uh, open with uh, how we're feeling and what's going on so that they're in the loop and they don't feel left out and they don't feel like there's something wrong with them because people take things personally and most of the time they don't need to. It has nothing to do with them, so that's important. Um, Also, (laughs) impacting relationships and sex. Uh, Like I said, I sleep in my son's room We're co-sleeping safely, right? Uh, Like I discussed previously uh, that co-sleeping is gaining popularity in Western culture. It was a really big no-no previously because of uh, SIDS, right? Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Um, Now they're finding that there are health benefits. I mean, people in other cultures outside of North America, they, they did know this before that it helps regulate, you know, the baby's uh, breathing and heart rate uh, and enforces, reinforces the bond that the mother has with the baby. Causes, uh, there's a stronger bond. So they actually find that they are more independent and better sleepers later in life. And that might not be the case for every baby, and I'm not an expert in this either, but I'm just citing what I read in a few studies. Uh, so, yeah, since my husband and I aren't sleeping in the same room, That's another thing, right? You don't have that intimacy where you're cuddling. And although he has, uh, as I said, uh, he has insomnia. Um, He has issues like with restless leg syndrome, which we are correcting. Thanks. We found some information that hopefully it's going to help him out. And I'll discuss that soon. Um, But because of that, I even had a hard time sleeping in the same room with him before I had our son. um, Because... I was making noises in my sleep, whether I was talking or making weird noises in my sleep that were waking him up and driving him crazy, and he was moving around a lot and driving me crazy, so it just wasn't working, and I kind of got used to sleeping by myself, which some people think, oh, that's not good. You know, your marriage is, like, about to dissolve, but I apparently, a lot of married couples have chosen to have separate rooms because uh, they're not compatible sleep-wise right and that's a thing like not everybody can sleep in the same bed together it's just it doesn't work you're both frustrated both of you are tired and you're going to fight more because you're sleep deprived and you're resentful and it's just a big mess so it's good I think for our relationship but as far as sex we just have to kind of make time to be close like I said um I do like co-sleeping because I do like uh cuddling with my little boy. He's the sweetest thing ever. And now that he's getting older, he does like to cuddle and he'll, you know, when we wake up in the morning, he's smiling and I we get a little cuddle in and but I, but I I do wish my husband was around for that and sometimes he is, but I know that he probably would like to experience that too and maybe at some point that'll happen. Um I don't know. I find that when you have a baby, you get very caught up in being being a mom, obviously. That's the most important thing at that point. You have a baby, so you're caught up in being a new mom or a second-time mom, whatever. Uh, and then, not only that, but you're still a wife or a girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you are more than one thing, and you have to kind of be everything to everyone. But then what do you do for yourself, right? Who are you when you're not a wife or mom? Who are you, right? And that's something that I struggled with because I had someone ask me that question when I was talking about feeling depressed and how I feel disconnected sometimes and I don't know how to handle it. And they were like, well, what do you like to do? What makes you happy? And my answers were always, you know, spending time with my family, you know, being a mom, da, da, da. And they're like, yeah, but what do you like? What for you? Like, what it makes you happy, aside from your family? And I couldn't answer that question, and that's so crazy because there were so many things that I enjoyed before, and not one thing popped into my head. So I had to really sit down and think about what I used to do uh, to be happy, to have fun. And I was able to come up with some things, but I really struggled with that, you know, because you get so caught up in other things, being a mom, being a wife that you just, you kind of lose yourself. And I'm seeing how important it is for me to have something for myself uh, to feel happy because kids definitely notice when things are off and he's, my son's getting older And I don't want him to have an unhappy mom. I don't want him to sense that something's wrong. I don't want him to see me crying. So, you know, I'm really, that's why I started doing this podcast because, well, my husband originally, he started talking about doing one and I thought it sounded like a cool idea. And I was like, you know, maybe let me, we were going to do one. I was going to be on his podcast and, um, he was busy, so I was like, let me just record something by myself and see what I think about it, and I really enjoyed it. So he's like, why don't you do a podcast yourself? And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so that kind of got the ball, the ball rolling, and I'm really glad because now I have something to look forward to um that doesn't involve anyone else. It's me. You know, if I want to have him, like I had him on two episodes, that was really fun. We do really well together. But if I just want to sit here by myself and, you know— out into the void I know some people are listening um even if it's one that's awesome but I just um, it feels really good to have something for myself and I'm gonna keep at it and we're gonna start working on our health too so that not only are our minds healthy but our bodies as well because you have to have everything in sync right um now the thing is is after I had my son, you know, people are like, oh, I, it wasn't even a month after I had him. People were coming up to me and they're like, are you going to have a, another one? So he has a brother or sister. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. First of all, I'm in my 40s. I never thought I would have one baby, right? Started a little late, didn't I? So I was like, you know, we're good with one. That We're good with one. And, like, oh, but, and it amazes me how people are like, oh, you have to have more than one. They have to have a, a friend. And I'm like, well, he'll have friends. He doesn't have to have a brother or sister. And, you know, I think that if you don't want a child, you shouldn't have them. And I was like, I don't want another kid. Like, I'm not gonna just have another kid so that he can have a friend. Like, he has us, he will have friends. It's not gonna be an issue. I grew up pretty much like an only child because my brother was 10 years older. And, you know, I turned out somewhat okay. (laughs) I do have a lot of friends though, so it didn't, it never, I never felt lonely. And he's not going to feel lonely. We're going to get him involved in lots of things. And, you know, I, I don't see it as being an issue, but a lot of people feel like you got to have two and that's their thing. That's great. But uh, I did notice that when he was about six months old, my husband and I were talking, he's like, should we have another one? And I'm looking at my son and I'm thinking about, he's still little. He's not even a year old, but I'm thinking about when he was you know, really tiny and how he's growing up so fast. And I want him to be a baby for a long time, and I was like, "Oh, I could have another one." Then I get to experience the little tiny baby stuff all over again, and then he'll have a brother or sister. But then I was like, "Wait a minute, no." And I, I, it wasn't so much. I mean, financially, it's harder. Uh, it's harder having a child, having two. Mm, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I, I had gone to see my doctor and uh she had a um a resident working with her she came in and talked to me and she was like so are you planning on having more kids and i said no and i was kind of explaining why and she goes oh do you think it's because you don't want to divide your time and that something clicked i was like yes like i love my son so much and to be giving that attention to another child I don't think I want to do that. I think I want him to have all my attention. I think, I don't know. It's just, and parents say they don't ever have a favorite kid, but you know, they have their favorites. And I know that Jackson would be my favorite. And I don't, and I think kids pick up on that. You know, you hear people say, oh, my mom likes my brother more. My sister has always been the favorite. And because, they know that that's true (laughs) and parents it doesn't mean that they don't love both kids or all five kids how many ever kids they have it's just that clearly they're gonna show you know a little more attention to certain kids it just it happens and I don't think anybody means to do it but it happens and my brother always felt like I was my mom's favorite which Sorry, I don't think he's listening, but if he ever hears this, I kind of am her favorite, so you just have to kind of deal with it. But anyway, so, you know, like I said, if you want to have another baby while you still have one under, you know, one or two, whatever, that's great for you. It's just not something I'm interested in uh, just so he can have a sibling and a friend. That's not an, a good reason, a good enough reason to have another baby. If I just said to myself, yeah, I really, really want I want to have more than one kid. Awesome, but I don't think that's happening. I think that I was old enough when he was born, and I really don't want to push it. He's healthy, he's happy, he's beautiful, and I just don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to push my luck, right? So, yeah, there's just a lot of reasons why I wouldn't have another kid. Uh, if I was younger. I think it probably could have worked out, but uh, I never thought that I wanted them. I really didn't. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just get a late start, but we're very lucky to have him. I can't imagine my life without him now. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so let's talk now about uh, health, right? So what I am planning on doing, what my husband's planning on doing We picked Monday because I guess Monday is always the way to go, right? you're like, let's just this weekend, we're probably going to, he goes, we're going to gain 30 pounds this weekend. So I'm going to have a cheeseburger and I'm going to order pizza. And I really don't care what anybody thinks because Monday it starts, right? And I don't want to look at this as a diet because diets don't work. They, they don't long-term, they don't, you have to make lifestyle changes. That's just bottom line. You have to change the way you're living um or it's just it's going to fail and i've i've had personal experience with this um you know you restrict you cut back and you see the weight falling off and that's great like i lost a lot in a month i lost 23 pounds one time in like 3 weeks but i'll tell you what it's not sustainable because i was only i'll tell you what i was eating and i was walking every day maybe 30 minutes in the morning 30 minutes in the afternoon or evening for breakfast, I ate a banana. For lunch, I had a salad. And then when I say salad, I mean it's like, you know, you get an appetizer salad, like a starter salad or whatever. It was smaller than that with fat-free dressing. And I, for dinner, would have maybe like a little bit of fat-free yogurt, like a cup of fat-free yogurt. And I'll tell you something. I looked good. And I lost weight quickly. But, man, I was exhausted I was dizzy all the time because I can guarantee you that was probably about maybe six or seven hundred calories that I was consuming a day and that is below starvation right a starvation diet is about 900 calories a day which nobody should be doing because it jacks up your metabolism bad my metabolism was great when I was younger I could eat anything I wanted uh and I messed it up because I, you know, I'll get personal here. I had a history with eating disorders. Uh, That messes you up too. So, you know, yo-yo dieting, eating disorders, fad diets, whatever, they just, they don't work because you're not, one, if you have an eating disorder, you're sick and you have to seek treatment for that. Uh, Two, yo-yo dieting, uh, fad diets, um, even like, you know, people that do Atkins. Atkins can work long-term for people. I've seen it, you know, work, but... Some people just do it and they don't really enjoy it, but they keep doing it because they see that they're losing weight and they love that. But then they start eating, they go back to their old eating habits and that's where you fail. Because if you don't keep eating the way you're supposed to, to lose the weight, you're doomed, right? So if you're only eating 500 calories a day and then you start eating 1500, 2000, you're going to gain the weight back and then some. So you have to really make healthy changes. We did a um, a test, both of us did, for food intolerances um, and then like environmental uh, intolerances, like, you know, grass, cats, stuff like that. It even checked our digestive health, hormonal imbalances, and uh, your gut biome, I believe. Um, and then for heavy metals, like what you're sensitive to what to avoid or have limited exposure to. So you basically, you send in some hair, right? And then they do an analysis on all of that. And they send it, send you the results by email. And we got them yesterday and we were like, wow. Some of the results weren't surprising, um, but some of them were like, what in the hell, right? Uh, just an example um, was the heavy metals, Right. So for my husband, it was something like platinum. And for me, I, to be honest, I can't remember. I have to look it up again. But I thought that, and it said, you know, that it was like a serious reaction or something like that. Serious or serious and mild. So we were thinking that he had a large amount of platinum in his body. But it turns out that it's just telling you what you are sensitive to, right? So it's like, hey, try to avoid this or have limited exposure. So I had to read all of that again and kind of get a better idea of what was going on because we're like, oh, man, how, how did this happen? Right. So anyway, all good. But the thing that I hate is that it showed that he is sensitive to gluten And he's sensitive to beef and he loves steak. And then I'm sensitive to pork and I love pork chops, right? So I'm like, are you kidding? So the things that we, and then sweet potatoes, which I'm sorry, I don't notice anything when I have sweet potatoes and I know it probably causes some kind of inflammation, but since I don't notice physical symptoms, I will limit them, but I'm not cutting sweet potatoes out of my diet. I just had sweet potato for the first time a few months ago. I was a late starter with that and I love it. So too bad. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was really good to see, you know, it tells you what vitamins, you, you know, your levels are low or whatever. And and it was a little surprising because this was stuff that, you know, if you go see your doctor, you get checked for, like, vitamin B, uh, just standard testing, right, B12, vitamin D. They check your iron, thyroid, things like that, complete blood count. They check your cholesterol. And they check your sugar, obviously, right, to make sure you don't have diabetes, but then there's random stuff like vitamin F that I and and like vitamin A. I don't think that ha, you have to request that, or your doctor has to request it, because usually, depending on what insurance you have, or if you're in Canada, even you have to pay for that test. It's a specialized test. It's not a standard test. So if you have a deficiency in vitamin A or vitamin F, you're not going to know, right? But this thing that we did with the hair, the hair sample, like it showed that I have a deficiency or at, you know, at least my levels are, are a little low with the, with vitamin A and vitamin F and then come to find out vitamin F plays a role in blood pressure. So that made complete sense to me. I never would have known that. So then you can look up what the best ways to get those vitamins into your system. Uh, it was just a real eye opener and it was really good to know. And then we were kind of like, well, if we hadn't done this, we wouldn't have known. Right. Um, We wouldn't have known otherwise. And he it showed that he has low magnesium. My husband has low magnesium. And that makes a lot of sense too because of restless legs. And if you look up, one of the best treatments for that, one of the best supplements is magnesium So um, and iron, which he's not deficient in iron. So, you know, we found all this information about how much magnesium to take for restless legs, when to take it. And I'll tell you what. I'm so glad we did this and I recommend that everyone does it. I don't know. I know that there are many different um, labs that do this and we actually got a good deal on a couple's test, right? There was around Christmas, they were having a deal. So it didn't cost us more than I think like 20 or $30 for both of us. It was really good um, to see this because it makes a lot of sense, right? I had a feeling he was intolerant to gluten I didn't want that to be the case because we both love bread. I, I can have it, but now I want to limit the amount of bread that we have in the house because, you know, he's going to want to eat it. And obviously anything that we need to stay away from, we should not have in the house because I have my weaknesses and so does he. Uh, like sweets, sweets and chips. We got to keep those out of here, even though, oh my God, I love to make brownies. I love cookies. He loves chips. He loves eh, he loves everything. But <laughs> I need to make an effort, right? And he ha- we both have to make an effort, and it's going to be hard. But I think we will see the benefits. Uh, it may take a little bit of time, but and we'll probably see some immediate benefits, right? So, I just it's a good thing to to be starting on monday uh but i feel like i'm gonna binge this weekend i will try not to overdo it but i can't make any promises and i can't promise that he won't either and um, i do need to start drinking water and i want to stress the importance of water right everybody knows that they should be drinking water um our bodies are mostly made up of it right it's just for me i don't like that there's no taste right so sometimes i'll add stuff to it and but even that, I'm finding I shouldn't be doing that. And, you you know, you can kind of figure that out on your own. Obviously, any artificial uh, sweeteners, any, like, chemicals that you normally don't, they're not in water, you shouldn't be putting them in there because obviously they're probably not good for you. So any additives, uh, things like that, it's just not a good idea. And I'm um, going to have to just start liking water. But water is so good for your skin. It's vital for your organs, uh, your immune system, your blood pressure, right? It even helps with weight loss because it helps to eliminate fat from your body. And I want to go back to what I was saying about the the dieting and everything and the lifestyle changes because I totally got off track with that. But anyway, lifestyle changes are necessary because you can, if you make changes – you become accustomed to it. You get a routine just like you got used to eating fast food and, and cookies and things like that. Once you cut that out of your diet, apparently if you can avoid fast food or sweets for, I think it the on the low end, it was like two weeks or six weeks, right on the high end. If you can do that, you lose those cravings. Right. And I noticed if I don't have fast food for a couple of weeks, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't, I don't want it. And I can actually drive by McDonald's without even being like, "Mm." because think about it. It's never as good as you think it's going to be right. You're like, Oh man, a quarter pounder and some large fries and then you eat it and then you feel tired. Sometimes it messes with your stomach. I know it happens to me. Um, and you just don't feel good. Right. But if you have a nice home cooked meal, that's healthy, you feel good. You feel satisfied, but you're not stuffed. You're not like miserable. Uh, unless you have a second help in, which uh, I won't fault you for that. But it's just, it just doesn't, bad food makes you feel bad. And although bad food a lot of times tastes amazing, it's just better to avoid it. Or I wouldn't say avoid it altogether because what happens when you completely cut something out that you really, really like is that when you get your hands on it, and you will, somebody will bring it to you or you'll come across it and you'll be like, I don't care. I'm I'm buying this. You will binge. You will binge on it and then you will hate yourself for it. Right. And you'll feel like you ruined all your progress. But I want to tell you this. Say that you say I'm not going to eat cookies anymore. The best thing to do would be to buy a small package of them or, you know, sometimes you can get or even from a vending machine. Right. You just get like something that has like four cookies in it. Have that. But do it occasionally moderation because some people i know me i don't have willpower i go buy a normal package of i'm gonna eat the whole thing in a couple of days not good i can't just be like i'm gonna have two and these are for later no it doesn't work that way for me um but if you can have them in moderation because if you completely cut it out you will binge um but if you do that if you go crazy with the cookies or whatever your weakness is that doesn't mean that you have ruined everything and You're not likely to gain 20 pounds overweight, which is what a lot of people think. I do that. I'm like, okay, I lost 20 pounds. I'm going to gain it all back because of this one slip up. That doesn't happen. You would have to eat an insane amount of food to gain that much weight. And so anyway, (laughs) uh, it is easier to put on than it is to take off, but you know, let yourself have a treat because like I said, if you don't have it, it's just, it's not good. It's too, it's everything is good in moderation, everything. So stick to that and you'll be okay because starving yourself, definitely not the way to go restricting too much. It's just uh, it will backfire on you. And then, you know, like I said, if you have lost weight and you gain it back, you will actually gain back more. So that'll just completely sabotage. You, you'll mess up everything then, and then you won't want to try anymore. And then in, well, in the long term, that leads to obesity, which also, you know, obviously it leads to diabetes, heart problems, all kinds of things. You know, stress on your joints, you have osteoarthritis. Not good. So take care of yourself. We're going to try to take care of ourselves. I definitely want to do better because I want my son to, To grow up in a home where he has healthy choices, right? I don't want to feed my kid McDonald's every day. And, you know, my mom, when I was little, I did have McDonald's occasionally. And it was usually, it was a treat. It wasn't like, oh, my mom cooked dinner almost every night, right? It wasn't like, oh, I'm too tired or whatever. She never made excuses. She's like, I'm cooking dinner. That's what I do, right? I know not everybody has time for that, but you can find quick, convenient meals that are not McDonald's. Don't do that to your kids. It's terrible. There are like 10-year-olds having heart attacks. And so anyway, so my mom, if I had to go to a doctor's appointment or something, she would kind of like soften the blow a little bit because if I'd have shots or something or whatever, I didn't feel good, right? So she'd be like, let's go to McDonald's and i get a happy meal, but a happy meal, right? It's a small amount of food. There are kids that are going to McDonald's three times a week or more, and this is a fact, right? And they're getting adult, like, size value meals. They're getting, like, super size value meals. They're little kids. They can't eat that much. But what happens is they, they eat all this food, they stretch out their stomachs, and then they can eat, like, an, like, a grown person. That's not good. A five-year-old eating Big Macs and large fries, that's terrible. Not to mention, you know they're going to get a large Coke and – do not give your kids Coke. That's terrible. My mom let me drink Pepsi for years. And what happened is that carried on until, I mean, I could have stopped drinking at any point. I can't blame her completely. But if I had never had it in the first place, I wouldn't have craved it, right? I don't want to give soda to my son. If he has anything, it would be something like 7-Up or like ginger ale. I'm not going to be like, here, have a have a Coke, have a Pepsi, or Mountain Dew or whatever else people are giving their kids. It's just not good because we're seeing so many kids we're seeing a rise in childhood obesity diabetes um, heart disease in children that is horrible and like i want to go back to saying 10 year olds are having heart attacks like it's a thing it's it's real and it sounds unbelievable but it's happening and that is terrifying because that is not something that a child should ever have to worry about and It's absolutely the parents' fault because children need guidance from their parents. They need to be taken care of, and that includes making sure that they eat healthy food. That's terrible. If you have to say, hey, my kid had a heart attack because he was eating fast food or whatever, "Mm, you need to rethink your parenting. And, uh, you know, I don't like to criticize people's parenting skills, but that is something that I very strongly feel that— that's something that you you need to be smacked in the face for because that's child abuse, straight up child abuse. And you know some people might have different opinions about that and that's fine, but I feel very strongly and I'm sure a lot of you do that that's just that's just straight up child abuse. Um, there's there's no excuse for that. And um, I don't make a habit of watching daytime TV because it's terrible. I have gone down that rabbit hole before. Several years ago, I turned on the TV and Dr. Phil was on. (laughs) And it was um, an episode where this woman had a, I think he was a three-year-old, three-year-old boy, and they put a table on the stage and they showed everything that he ate in one week, Right. She was giving him—he was eating cheeseburgers and fries and drinking large sodas. And I can't remember exactly how much, but it looked like—I I can't even explain it. I It was several cheeseburgers a day, several, you know, helpings of fries and sodas. Just when he walked on the stage, he did not look like a three-year-old. He, and he was like obese, right? Not your normal chubby kid. Like he was, he looked bad. And I felt, I felt so bad for this kid because he had diabetes, high blood pressure, and was probably on his way to having a heart attack. And the reason why the mom didn't stop giving him this food is because she said she tried, which first of all, you're the parent. There's no trying. You tell your kid no. If they're hungry, they will eat. They're not gonna starve to death. You tell them no, or you don't start doing that shit in the first place, right? She was like, He won't eat anything else. If I don't get him this, he gets angry. He'll throw things. He won't eat healthy food. And, you know, (laughs) I know strong, I know kids can be very strong willed, right? I see it in my son already. He's very like, He wants something and he doesn't get it, so he screams and he cries, but you don't give in, right? You don't give in because you're the parent. I know everybody wants to be friends with their kids, and I do too. I want him to be able to come to me with anything. I want him to talk to me about anything. I want to be his his best friend, but your parent first. And I know that's hard. I know that it, I haven't gone down that road yet when he gets older, and I'm going to want him to love me and like me and not get upset with me, but you know what? I'm going to have to just suck it up And be his mom first, because if you don't establish boundaries early on, they're going to walk all over you. And I'll tell you why I know that. My mom was very concerned about me not liking her when my dad left. She was she went back to work. She had to. She hadn't worked the whole time I was growing up. I was about 14 at this point. She had to go back to work. And so she wasn't around much. And So she felt really bad about not being around. She felt bad that like she was now a single parent and uh, I guess she felt like I was going to be upset with her or something or feel like I came from a broken home, so I was going to act out. Uh, So she always tried to do things to make me happy. She never told me no, right? Anytime I wanted something, she made it happen. Years later, I found out she went into a lot of credit card debt because I would want things. She didn't want to tell me no because she was afraid that I would not like her. She even thought that I would run away because I was unhappy. So she always said yes to me. I appreciated everything she did for me. But then I was like, why? Why do you that to yourself? I would have been upset. Guess what? I would have gotten over it. You know what I mean? Uh, people try so hard to be their kids' friends. and And, and I get it, but it's so important to be a parent first. You can be both. I'm not saying you can't be their friend too, but like this kid with the McDonald's, Evie, you have to say no to your kids. And I know I'm going to struggle with it, but I'm going to be able to say no because I can put my foot down. And I don't know my husband, I'm sure he can say no too, but I think he might have a harder time than I did because he Jackson, listen, he's perfect in every way. Right. But and that he's like, oh, my son, my son. And I get it. They have a different bond than we do. I mean, he's a mama's boy. But I think that Jackson may be able to get away with a little bit more with him, with his dad, right? Um, I, He'll probably do the thing where he comes to me and asks for something and I say no. And then he'll go to his dad and then be like, daddy said. And, no, that's not happening. You're not getting cookies. But <clears throat> anyway, just you just have to make clear boundaries and really stick to it because like I said from personal experience, I did I did take advantage of my mom and her how nice she was to me because I knew that I could get away with it, right? Um, if I got grounded within she'd say I was grounded for two weeks, And I would bother her. I'd follow her around the house and just be dramatic about how bored I was and how miserable I was. And I went to see my friends and I drove her nuts to the point that she would be like, fine. And after three days, that would end, right? If she, I know it's hard and it's annoying too, right? But if she had just hung in there, then I would have gotten it. Okay, she said two weeks. I guess I'm grounded for two weeks. But I knew from her track record. That if I gave her shit long enough, she would just be, like, fine and give up. So, your kids pay attention. If you're giving them empty threats, they're going to know and they're not going to let go of that. They're going to be like, okay, mom says no, but guess what? I know how to make her cave and you just have to not cave, right? And uh, that's another reason why I'm glad that I don't have more than one kid. Because I know know this is going to be tough, especially when he's a teenager, but... I guess I'm under the assumption that raising a boy is going to be easier than a girl. And I've had friends tell me that it's actually the opposite, that their girls were easier to raise. But I don't know. I guess it's different with every kid. The thing I worry about with girls, obviously, when they're teenagers, right? And I know what kind of teenager I was. So I just um, I'm hoping that. I don't get payback for that. That's why I'm glad I have a boy, but that's not to say that he can't, he won't get into trouble. We're going to do everything we can to keep him from being a troublemaker. But let's be honest. Sometimes kids are going to do what they want to do regardless, and they can be very sneaky. I know I was, but you just have to really establish uh, values early on and keep communication open and have a good relationship with your kids. Don't be sitting there on Facebook constantly ignoring them. You need to pay attention to what they're doing. You need to know their friends. You need to know what they're into. Uh, You need to know what social media they have or do not let them have it until they're a certain age. I don't think that it's a good idea for 12-year-olds to be on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatever else there is that I don't even know about because I'm not a kid anymore. I can't keep up with all this stuff, Snapchat And I don't think that kids uh, that are 10 years old or younger need to be having iPhones and, like, it's just too much, right? They have iPhones, they have iPads, they have a laptop, they have Xbox, and, like, there's just so much stuff, and they expect it all. At some point, they just start expecting it. And if you don't give it to them, they're the most spoiled brats in the world, and... It's just insane. And I'm just hoping that we can not completely keep him in a bubble and sheltered. You know, he, he's going to have exposure to stuff, whether we like it or not. But just he needs to have a good head on his shoulders and know the pros and cons of all of this stuff. Because I didn't grow up with social media. Um, and like I, I've stated before, I'm glad that. Twitter and everything wasn't around. Facebook wasn't around when I was in high school. I think it would have made things... I can't even imagine what it's like for kids growing up right now. I'm about to see what it's like. But then again, we're trying to decide what we want to do about school, right? Uh, Public school. I went to public school. So did my husband. And, you know, I don't think it's all bad. Private school... Maybe a little better, but I'm sure there's bad things about that, too. And it's expensive. And if you want to do it, I'm sure you can make it work. We thought about doing uh, private school. Um, but now with COVID and everything running rampant, even though I'm not as concerned about my son getting it, you know, how he would react to it. I obviously don't want him to get it. But we don't know how long all this is going to be going on, right? It's already been going on way too long. Um, and we're we're at a point now where they're saying it's probably endemic. So it's like the flu. Where people are going to get it. It's probably not going anywhere. It's probably going to be happening all the time. You, know, you just have to protect yourself. But uh, we don't know what school's going to look like when he's old enough. It, it, is it going to be online school? Um, we talked about homeschooling. I feel like I could do it. And then for the subjects like math, uh, and some of the more serious sciences, I'd probably have to get him a tutor. Um, which is fine, but I think early on I could probably do some, I could do homeschooling probably up until even like fifth or sixth grade. And after that, I probably would need some help. Uh, but I think it, it, it could be a really good thing. It could be a, an awesome journey. We could, um, you know, you definitely have a more relaxed environment, but you still have to have structure. Um, uh, but the field trips that you could go on, right? So much cooler than school field trips. And just, I think it could be a very good experience. It could be really rewarding for me and for him. Um, I'm looking into it. I don't know everything it's entailed yet. I still have a little bit of time. He's not a year old, so uh, he'll be a year old in April. So we've got a few years before we even need to think about it. But I know it goes fast, so I don't want to just put it off. Uh, But that's something that we're interested in. I would like to see i'm I'm curious to see what the world's gonna look like in in about you know four years or so because three or four years. it's definitely not I didn't imagine life being like this a few years ago. Uh, everyone's still so um, we're not coming together the way we used to because of Covid, and people are still feeling pretty isolated and afraid. And uncertain about COVID, uncertain about the vaccine, the boosters. It's just a big mess. And the thing that we are bothered by right now, my husband and I, is taking our son out in public. I'm not even, like, worried about him getting sick. I'm worried about the fact that I, everyone's wearing a mask. And I don't want him to think that that's just a normal thing. You know? Because every time we go somewhere he sees people's faces covered up and I just, I want him to see people's faces. Children need to see faces. They need to see your expression when you're talking to them. And it's just when you have children coloring and coloring books, they're drawing masks on people because they say that they look weird without them. That just, that makes me sad. Uh, and so I actually, when I keep him home, it's trying to limit his exposure to that because I don't want that to be normal for him. Um, You know, it's probably something that we're going to have to deal with for a while. I'm not going to just never take him out, but we want to take him out to places like outside. Like, obviously right now it's cold, super cold. We're negative here. I'm not, I try to limit his exposure to the cold, right? So we want to take him to parks and things like that where you can see people's faces. You can see them smiling. You can... just the masks really bother me as far as not being able to see people's faces anymore. It just even you can be surrounded by people and you still feel isolated it's very strange um, and to be honest I'm so sick of wearing a mask look I'm not going to sit here and preach about how I feel about masks and what I feel they they do or don't do. I don't feel like these standard medical masks that you see most people wearing Really, they I don't feel like they do much, but you know, for a lot of people, it's kind of become a security blanket. Also, in where depending on where you live, they may still be mandated. I know here we can't go into a store or whatever without a mask. You can't go into a lot of places if you're not vaccinated, fully vaccinated right now, it's two. um, they're not mandating boosters, but I'm sure that and they were talking about it. I'm sure that might happen in the future. I know it's happened in other places. But anyway, I just really want my son to experience a more normal world, but we don't know what it's going to look like. So all we can do is make sure that when he's with us, that he has the best experience possible. Um, We can educate him. We can, you know, tell him about how things were when we were growing up versus now, and he can see those differences and learn about like I said, the pros and cons of different types of social media and devices and things like that. And we don't want to expose him to that early. Um, we do have the TV on most of the time. He's not really watching it when he does look at it because he noticed he remembers music from certain cartoons. Like, um, And if he hears like, that Blue's Clues is on, You know, that catches his attention. He loves music, right? So then he'll look at the screen. So he's not just sitting there, you know, like a zombie watching TV all day. But it's on in the background. And occasionally he does look at it. And we don't feel bad about it because you see everyone's face, right? Which is what we want. We want to be like, look, (laughs) they have a mouth. They have a nose. This is how it's supposed to be. So I don't feel bad about that. No, if I was just sitting there not doing anything all day and he's just staring at a screen, that would be terrible. And I know that they recommend that kids not get screen time until they're 2 but or 18 months or something like that. That's not realistic. And I think a lot of parents don't like to admit that they let their kids have screen time, they're, especially when they're under a year old. But I'll tell you what, when you wake up in the morning and you're exhausted because... For whatever reason they didn't sleep very well you didn't sleep very well you both didn't and you just need a few minutes to have some coffee or even just to pee you do not mind popping them down in front of a tv for a few minutes i'm not even gonna lie i t- i have a routine we wake up go downstairs i put him in front of the tv give him some toys i go to the bathroom i make some coffee i get his bottle and then we start our day right or if I need a break, I'll put him in his bouncy chair and he can watch Blue's Clues or, you know, Peppa Pig, whatever's on until I can get a couple of things done. And then we play and I read to him and, and you know, we interact. It's not just TV all day. But sometimes to get things done, you got to do it. And I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> and the the thing I don't like is that I've talked to multiple people that are like. It's like this big secret, like, oh, my God, don't tell anyone. I let my kid watch TV sometimes. And it's like, okay, who cares, right? Because people get shamed for stuff like that. They're like, oh, you're a bad parent. Uh, It's like, okay, you might think that them watching TV is bad, but I'm sure you probably give your kids McDonald's. So really, what's the bad thing here, right? The same people that are doing worse things are getting upset about screen time. Whatever. Um, If... I barely get time during the day for myself, which I don't expect because I have a baby, right? His needs come first. When my husband comes home, he helps me and then I can do whatever I need to do. But during the day, sometimes I'm like, man, I just need a minute or I just want to, I don't want to wait until my husband gets home to take a shower. So the TV has saved me in more than once. Or, you know, now he has this humongous play yard in our living room. Um, He doesn't always like to be in it, but at least I know I can put him in there and he'll be safe because it has a door with a lock on it Uh, and all his toys are in there. And I can, you know, do what I need to do for a little bit without worrying because now he's crawling everywhere and he's pulling up on furniture. He'll probably be walking soon. So if I turn my back for a second, he's all the way across the living room. Like he is fast. He took to this really fast. Um, I wasn't expecting him to learn this quickly he's a smart little boy he's very active so we have to be super careful because now he's probably when he starts walking we're in so much trouble (laughs) I'm looking forward to it but oh my goodness that'll be some exercise for me there that'll be my workout chasing him all over the house um and that's the other thing I was thinking about is now that he's mobile uh is baby proofing Um, you know, electrical, the little plug cover things. We got to put those everywhere. We have all this stuff. We just need to get it done. Especially we have like straps for the TV, right? I want to talk about baby proofing. If you have a big TV that's not hanging on the wall away from, you know, your kids, you know, little fingers, little hands, you have to get, you have to secure that shit because we have a 65 inch sitting on a little, you know, console or whatever. It's on the floor. So it's just on a stand, right? And I can just picture him pulling himself up and, like, knocking the TV down. And, oh, my God. Not only did he hurt himself, but then there goes a lot of money. But uh, (laughs) so we need to strap that TV to the wall. There's a lot of things we need to do. We don't really have – we don't have a coffee table, so that's good. So we don't have – really the only thing with any corners is the little console, but we have these little things you can put on there, so these little rounded, like – rubber pieces Um, and I guess we're gonna have to start with the cabinet locks in the kitchen and then you know let me just say this we're watching a thing about Tide Pods how many people leave Tide Pods laying around at eye level or lower for their kids to eat I really can't believe that's a thing I know it's happened I don't know anyone that it's happened to but you heard about it you heard about it on the news, you heard about it, and media, media is the news. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. So TV shows, people talk. We're talking about it a lot. I guess it doesn't happen anymore because you don't hear about it anymore. It was like this weird period of time where people were like, "Oh my god, kids are eating Tide Pods and uh, Cascade Pods for the dishwasher," and you know, like who is leaving these things? within reach because they're in their own packaging like this little container and don't most people put it up on a shelf hey I could be wrong you know whatever point is I just can't believe that that happens Uh, I'm not gonna say I've never done anything stupid but that seems pretty dumb if I might say Um, I did not think about the toilet though so hey I'm not perfect you have like little latches for the toilet so they can't drown i guess or drink the water uh it's really scary so there's all these little things i was like crawling around on the floor trying to figure out see you know down at his level trying to see what he's looking at and there's a lot that he can do you know there's a lot of crazy trouble he can get into so that's something we need to be doing now um yeah i always thought that the newborn stage would be the hardest but I think the hardest is yet to come and I'm gonna enjoy it but man once he's walking like I said he's gonna be a troublemaker because he loves to move so he's not gonna be walking for long he's gonna be running everywhere I see it already I see multiple bruises uh, much to my husband's uh, dismay he's probably gonna fall and get hurt a lot uh, but you know I remember when I was a kid I bruised I had bruises all the time I scuffed up my knees all the time I scraped my knees bad I uh, sprained my wrists I sprained my ankles I was getting into all kinds of I never really I never broke anything I only broke a toe and that was as an adult but I probably should have broken lots of things I got lucky but you know that's gonna happen and I know a lot of people think it's dismissive to be like oh it happens but it does. You can be the most well-intentioned, most attentive parent in the world. Your kid is going to get hurt at some point. It's going to happen. Like, you'd have to accept that. That's not, you know, me just being like, whatever. It's it's fact. Like, uh, show me a kid that's never gotten any kind of injury. The thing that sucks, though, I know that there are child w- welfare services out there that, for a reason, right? But everything is so crazy now because, you know, uh, kids, <laughs> I, I never did this to my mom. But my mom spanked me only a handful of times. I don't believe in spanking. Uh, my husband doesn't either. We're not going to spank our son. But for kids that do get spanked, and if you choose to do that, that's your kid. That's fine. They are so bold now that they will be like, I'm going to call the cops if you spank me. And I talked to this one woman that was like, I handed the phone to my kid and I was like, here you go. Call the cops. And then she started describing what would happen if she, if he called the cops talking about, you know, like uh foster homes and how it may be worse than where he lives now. And that he probably wouldn't have any toys and they wouldn't feed him and all this stuff. And he got terrified and he never did that to her again. But uh, anyway, the thing is, it's good that there are people out there looking after kids and, and their well-being, but well, the problem is when kids get hurt and some kids get hurt a lot climbing trees, doing whatever, playing sports, broken bones, bruises, they go to the emergency room and if they make multiple trips because I was in the emergency room a lot when I was younger, but nothing ever came of that, right uh nobody looked into that, nobody checked on my parents um. If you have a kid that has multiple breaks or lots of bruises and they go to the ER a lot, they log that and then they get to a point where they're like, okay, we're going to have somebody look into this. They get a social worker. And sometimes they actually take the children out of the care of the parents while they're investigating. And you know what? That can be good because sometimes they will find that the child is being abused, right? And take the appropriate action. Sometimes, there's no abuse. You have a legit clumsy child, and bad things happen. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a big deal here in Canada. I think that in Canada it's a little maybe. Don't quote me on it. May not be as crazy as the U.S. Um, I know. I talked to someone that has a friend that works for CAS here in Canada, and uh, they they really try to keep families together. They um, so you know, not that they tolerate abuse, but there may be things that the U.S. looks down on or other countries look down on that they may not think are so severe enough to take the child away, take them out of the home. Um, So, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing, just like everything. Everything has a good and bad side, right? Uh, I don't know. Everything could use improvement. I know that I was a clumsy child and I got hurt a lot. So, you know, if maybe if I was a kid now, my parents would probably be investigated for that, um, for abuse. But, you know, whatever, it's it's going to happen. He's going to get hurt. I'm not going to freak out every time he like bumps his head or falls down because when they start learning to walk, whew, that's going to happen, Right. I try to be there behind him all the time when he's crawling because he's always crawling for things that he's supposed to stay away from. It's like he knows I'm not supposed to go near that. That's where I'm headed, right? He's always doing that. So I have to really be on top of it because he never crawls in a direction that's completely safe. He's like, that's boring. I want to go over here where I could potentially pull a TV down on my head, right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and... Um, it's just crazy, man. I, I really am glad, like I said, that I have one kid because I don't know if I have the energy to be chasing more than one child around. I don't know if I have the energy to be chasing him around. I haven't had to do that yet. I will find out uh, what my limits are, sure, soon, right? Uh, but I have my husband to help me, and so that's another reason why it's important for us to eat well and be healthy because we're going to be getting a workout soon, I'm sure. Um Yeah. So I think, uh, that probably is about it for today. I, um, have a few errands to run. I probably could have gone longer, but, uh, I don't have as much time today as I would like. I hope that some, some of you are listening to this. I hope that you enjoyed it, got something good out of it. And, uh, just, um, keep in mind, right. That being healthy, if you're a parent, is very important it should be at the top of your list and to be honest we should have started getting healthy before he was born we both kind of put it off and can't I'm not going to blame him he's not going to blame me we just both we, you know every like I said people have weaknesses Um, and unfortunately good food usually tastes great right I mean bad food tastes good good food can taste good too but uh, m- more often than not bad food like fried food is delicious but you just have to you know, moderation, you can always find alternatives for the things that you love that sometimes taste better. Sometimes the healthy versions taste better, right? And you feel better. So anyway, just, I want everyone to be healthy, especially if you're a parent. Um, even if you're not take care of yourself because we live longer now than we ever have before. And, um, that's going to even, I'm sure who knows one day we might be living to be 200 might never die eventually. Right. With all this AI stuff, but that's for another conversation. So everybody be safe, be healthy, and that's my time. And um, I'll be back with more next weekend. Look for that. I appreciate you listening. Thank you. Have a good weekend.